I saw the Batman movie with Michael Keaton and, and Jack Nicholson, and I loved it. And I've never seen another superhero movie since. <laughs> you didn't see Go Batman? <laughs> Did you guys watch The Joker yet? <laughs> no, I, I am going to. Joe, I noticed you had to talk slowly there because you almost said Jack Nicholas. I did. Yes. I yeah. was talking about Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas earlier. That's how, yeah. but it's been that long since I've seen the movie. I forget who was even in it. I saw that first superhero movie and I really, it was good. I liked it. I didn't think I needed another one. Now, did you see Tiger Woods' round today? Yes. See, the only problem I have, obviously, it's unbelievable. He beat 90% of the field. But they keep referring to his car accident like a drunk driver blindsided him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was his fault. I don't know. what he, Was he an ambient or something being reckless? Yeah. And this is, of course, his second famous car accident yeah. that Tiger Woods had. <laughs> we, were, we were just discussing this, whether he's the greatest of all time. And I say no. Because oh, see, of yeah. Jack Nicholas. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, Tiger Woods for the last five, six, seven years has been a non-factor in golf. And Jack Nicholas was like 95 and he was still super competitive, never had any long layoffs. And he still has more majors than Tiger. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to like count like the longevity factor. I mean, if, from him not being around the last five years, if you're going to count that to, against him, I guess you could take Jack. But I think Tiger at his prime and Jack at his prime, I would take Tiger. So my argument to that is I heard last year that Show Otani uh, had the greatest season since Babe Ruth. Well, Babe Ruth also had like six or seven seasons in a row as a pitcher and a hitter before he transitioned just to being an outfielder. So sometimes just, you know, he had a great season. He had a few great seasons. You got to look at the whole sum of, you know, all, all, the whole sum of all parts. It's it's unfortunate. And listen, I think there's still time for Tiger. I think if he wins a major in his late 40s or in his 50s or 60s, that would certainly... Sixty. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's in. Look at Tom Brady. Yeah, that's a goat. That's a goat, start to finish. Yeah, there's right. no, there's no, there was not five years where Tom Brady was irrelevant. So I was all. Yeah, I was. I was telling my friend today. I, I mean, so Tiger has fifteen majors. Jack has eighteen. I, I don't see how anyone ever gets ten majors again. There's just way too much talent. There are so many superstars. I mean, it. The fact that Tiger could do that, I know that yeah. it's even more talented now. Sure. A dominator, a, an absolute dominator. But here's the other thing. All things considered, pound for pound, Jack Nicholas wasn't playing with graphite. He was playing with, you know, actual woods. And the equipment he was dominating with was less superior than what Tiger's dominating with. So I think you have to factor that in too. Yeah, they um Louis Louis Easthazen a few years ago won the long drive contest they had uh, before some event. He hit at 340 and they showed the winners and Jack Nicholas won it like 30, 40 years ago and he drove at 342 with the the persimmon woods, you know what I mean? Yeah, Jedi, I talk about it all the time. Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile in the seventies and like eight year olds can do it now. So something's <laughs> up, you know, I I'd still take Roger Bannister as a runner. <laughs> you know, what, what that master's question? jacket, is it true that they cannot take it home? That they just wear it? <laughs> no, I, I think they have it for a year. I'm not sure because I've seen the famous picture of Phil Mickelson wearing it in the drive through after the masters, they went to like Dunkin' Donuts or something. <laughs> 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 Jedi I Seven tells me that's here. why they had a rule like that. You can't take it out. Mm. <laughs> now, um, Joe, uh, I was looking at records the other day, and they say the record that will never be broken for some reason. This guy, I'm kind of curious if you can pull up the clip or anything, but he has the record for the uh, longest triple jump. It's like 19 meters. He's just uh, this European guy. It's just this white guy is like ridiculously fast. 
And for some reason, they say like no one will ever touch the record, but it was, I don't know, maybe 25 years ago. It's kind of a Jedi. Do you know what the triple jump is? No, I don't. It's basically the long jump, but you jump three times. Oh, okay. We're kind of like off subject here, but I thought it was kind of interesting how they said like no one's ever going to break it. And it was, I don't even know, 25 years ago. Well, again, I mean, I yeah. just think that's one of those things where like superhuman feet. Here it is. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> look dude. human. Oh, wow. Look how, look how long each one of the three jumps is. Dude, like a gazelle. That was crazy. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, that was kind of superhuman. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It was like flying through midair. Check that out. Jonathan Edwards triple jump. But, I mean, when you see records and stuff, you watch the Olympics. It's like every event, the like new world record, new world record. It's just stuff is always being broken. I always hated that about the Olympics. It seemed like every year, like, there was just a massive improvement from the year four years before, and then that record gets broken. Yeah, or is it as all I, the hormones as, and our food? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's all the steroids that these people are consuming. Is what it is. Right. Ben, uh, what was his name? Ben, uh, the the runner there back in the what early nineties. Um, what's his name? Ben, the guy who got stripped of the um, hundred meter dash. Ben Johnson. Oh, Ben Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Well, see, now, I've long suspected that Usain Bolt's got to be dirty. Oh, and wow. I, and, really? I, and I, yeah. use, I use the Lance Armstrong domination factor. Like, we talked about that before. Lance Armstrong kept winning all those Tour de France's, and I was like, all right, come on. What is happening yeah. here? And, of course, right. they were cheating at, at, at a very high level. Uh, you know, doing blood transfusions. I don't know what Usain Bolt is taking, but all I could tell you is this. He's beaten a laundry list of people, including Tim Montgomery. And all of the guys that have been silver and gold medalists to Usain Bolt have all tested dirty. Hmm. So you're yeah. telling me he's the only one that's clean and he's beating all the guys that are dirty. Does that yeah. sound reasonable and logical? Or does no. that guy just have really good Jamaican something or other that he's taken yeah. and no one knows about it? I mean, not only that, when you, when Usain Bolt is running, it's like a joke. He's like looking side to side. All the other guys are like <laughs> running as hard as they can. And it's like, it's, it's like ridiculous. He's the Ivan Drago of sprinting. Like it's yeah. superhuman. Something's not right there. Morks, Jeddah, and Todd back again at Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond. I'm sure all of us want to believe in people and the greater good, that the act of charity is true and sincere, but what if it isn't? No one likes to be bamboozled. Let's check out all these conspiracies surrounding charities. Yeah, nothing gets you more riled up than when you see someone stealing money, especially when it comes to kids or cancer charities but we have a few here and, and joe no matter where you look you could look up almost anything google any type of tragedy anything and you'll find someone getting arrested for a scam having to do with charities and that's horrible i didn't know it was so extreme and you know it, it's done a lot i didn't know <laughs> celebrities you know took advantage of people <laughs> i mean <laughs> I must I be naive, but I mean, athletes, celebrities, the elite, I mean, the regular, regular not-for-profits, the list goes on and on for all these, you know, stories. Generally, about generally during a tragedy, almost as mm -hmm. soon as either like the Red Cross or some new charity emerges, there is somebody out there who is trying to figure out how to get that money. 
Oh right. my goodness. Nine, the, right after, yeah, 9-11, right after 9-11, all sorts of fake charities trying to raise money. And one of the telltale signs is if, if Joe dies or something and some lady in California is starting a GoFundMe that, that has nothing to do with Joe, <laughs> but right? she's going to send you the money. That's like a, a little red flag there. <laughs> I mean, it just shows how gullible people are. I mean, that's the other fascinating thing, that people are willing to donate over and over and over to charities they haven't researched about. You know what the trick, though, is, Jedi? Asking for a small amount from a lot of people. Because <laughs> people want to give, and it's like, hey, right. if everybody, everybody throws three dollars in. I just need like a million of you to do that, and we're doing we're doing great here. You know, that's really what it is. Because when you look for a larger donation, that's when someone's like, well, let me uh go to your website and see what's going on. It's it's when you're just kind of the throwaway. Think about people out, outside the grocery store, right? Right. I mean, they're whatever you got. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone's pocket change adds up to those people, and they're able yeah. to buy the best drugs. Well, some of yeah, these yeah. people who are holding out <laughs> and and you know in front of grocery stores, you, they're followed, and then they found out that they drive Mercedes, that they yeah. have jobs. They're just I don't know out there panhandling for greed, I guess. There's a woman that's been uh, outside the stop and shop that I go to for like the last three or four weeks. Mother of three needs money for kids. And it's like, you know, that stop and shop is hiring. <laughs> you can literally walk right in the door. They would probably put you on a register like now if you know how to run one. Yeah. Have you seen that scam going around where there's a person playing a violin like incredible outside of like stores and stuff? It's the most unbelievable music, but they're not really playing. They have like a secret speaker. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god. If you Google that, this like family's like traveling. You think the person's playing like this incredible music and everyone's donating and it's like all a scam. This I so have many yet scams. to see that one. <laughs> the scam I want to start with Joe. With Joe, this is gonna kind of hit hit a little home for you. This guy, Robert Bruce, 35 years old from Nashville, Tennessee. And like I said, a telltale sign is when you live nowhere near the tragedy and you like for some reason want to raise money. This guy went to prison for 18 months for this 26.4.26 foundation he created. So does the number 26 ring a bell to you at all, Joe? Uh, marathon? Yes. So it was 26 miles in the marathon, the number four, and 26 for the 26 Sandy Hook victims. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so he right. raised money. Every mile you ran was for a different kid. And he started his first marathon, Joe, a week after the Sandy Hook tragedies. Oh. He had marathons in uh, Tennessee, somehow we have in New Hampshire. He raised over $100,000. He donated 30000 to Sandy Hook. But there was about 73000 missing. And what did him in was his – he actually had a co-creator of the charity – who it was on the up and up with her, but she was looking at the books and she's like, what is this $1,200 purchase for a paddle board? And then she was looking at this guy's Instagram and it was a picture of him in the water with a paddle board. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, you can't get any lower than stealing money from Sandy Hook victims. Bro, that guy made $30,000 that following weekend at the first marathon. $30,000. Wow. They had a thousand people sign up. Like that's wow. Yeah. Are you just pulling that up now, or did you know that story? Oh no, I knew that story. Yeah, uh, I, 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 when you said I, I, the name didn't didn't hit me until you said it, but yeah, um, that guy's such a what a terrible, terrible person. So I don't know if you right. if you've been following, uh, but um, Alex Jones. Yeah. has been yeah. blowing off his deposition. It's been a big story here in Connecticut. And uh, they were, they were, they've been finding him $25,000 a day. And right. he has offered the families 120000 each. And they're like, yeah, okay, nice try. Yeah. They really want to go to court because, you know, look at the end of the day, that guy initially had suspicions about whether that happened or not. 
But when he found out that it did happen, all he had to say was, oh, I was wrong. That was a terrible thing that happened in Connecticut. Maybe the rest of them are false flag operations still. But when you find out it's true, Mm -hmm. the, the gig's up. And he doubled down. Yeah. And he kept insisting. Yeah, man. And it's like, dude, why? Why would you do that? You know? And so again, there's always there's always going to be people looking to take advantage in a time of crisis for whatever reason. Uh Robert Bruce uh, decided to go for the money. Terrible person. I guess Alex Jones too, just in a different way. I mean, I think of a lot of the population, your head might be in like the the right spot, but who knows who can handle getting $100,000? I like to think that us three would do the right thing. But if you I know thought money, that GoFundMe would check yeah. on it, though, you know, to check if the, the charity... It's people like cost... him. It's people no, like him that now that's the reason they check on it when you sign those things up. Yeah, I'm, Jedi. This isn't a GoFundMe. Uh, this I don't, I don't believe it's a GoFundMe, is it, Joe? I think it was just no. raising money. Yeah, no. no, it was literally just yeah, uh, setting up these marathons and having people come out, and then that's not. At one point, he donated, I think, like thirty thousand yeah. dollars to a program in Newtown, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. But otherwise, just <laughs> kept all the rest of it, and every marathon was just more money in his pocket. Yeah. yeah. So wow. he. You know, again, Todd, w- was he trying to do the right thing at some point and then was like, oh, gosh, yeah. you know, I was going to get this much money. I could use some nice things, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe or maybe that was his plan from the get go. I don't know. And Joe, it, what does everyone in is the greed. T- take right. take one of two thousand. Maybe you might need you need seven. Right. <laughs> Again, you really have to win seven Tour de France's in a row. Yeah. Can't make it that obvious, buddy. Like, come on. Yeah. Greed. It's always greed. People can't help it. So the thing I liked when we had Fiddy Ethan talking about his NFTs, he said that uh, he was donating money to Mr. Beast Charity. And I kind of said, I guarantee Mr. Beast Charity, they donate all 100%. He goes, yeah, they do. Because, you, Joe, you pull up like Susan G. Coleman, everyone goes crazy about. That's like 90% like administrative fees you donate a hundred bucks like 10 goes i mean i know like saint jude's is a really good one but most of them who wants to give money to like setup costs so after hurricane katrina the red cross when they took all that money and the first thing they did was they paid to have their facility repaired and they also took some of that money and the uh, the woman that was the that ran the New Orleans branch, they used the money to repair her home. So all of that happened before anybody actually yeah. in in need uh, who didn't have resources before any of them got the money. That's that's where their priorities were. So I, I agree with that. Uh, and there are charities where, you know, 100 percent of the money goes where it's supposed to go. And you said it before, Jed, I, you got to do your due diligence. Before you give somebody money so we all want to we all want to do the right thing when someone's in need right we all want to do it but we want to know that it's all on the up and up right i mean speaking of the red cross i mean do you guys donate blood i only donated blood once in my life and i i, I can't do it i just get anemic afterwards jedi we were just talking about before the show what our biggest fears are i told you yeah. that was needles so you know i, ah! I don't do <laughs> Not even um, for a good cause and, you know, I, just I psych yourself out to do Jedi, it. Jedi, I, because I work in media and as a media personality, I have been asked on several occasions to, you know, host a blood drive. And unfortunately, part of doing that is the pressure to give the blood. So I've done it. I've hosted three and I've donated three times in my life. Wow. I have no, and I, I hate it. And, and like you, I, I give the blood and I'm like, I'm just going to take a nap here now. <laughs> did you know that they good. sell the blood? That's the thing that I did not know that they sell donated blood. A pint goes for 150 to $300. I guess that's the fundraiser part, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take your blood and sell it for an obscene amount of money. 
Yeah, they sell it to hospitals, biomedical companies, academic centers, and pharmaceutical companies. What suckers are we that we're donating? We should just go right to the source. Exactly. Hospitals should have a room down in the main lobby where you just go in and, like, give up what you need, give you a ticket, you cash it in. But it's it's Cut off the middleman. Yeah, exactly. But they they call it um, what do they call it um, recuperating cost recovery basis. So they say they charge for the blood because they have to you know I guess funding for staff testing equipment in make sure, making sure it's going to the right place transportation costs. But yeah, like you said earlier about the American Red Cross, they it's like they don't they don't serve the the catastrophe afterwards. It's only for a short period of time (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know it's they just do immediate service and i didn't know that either i thought when you donate to that cause that all the money that you're donating during that time goes directly to the earthquake or the catastrophe or whatever i didn't know that they'd cut it off and just keep it in their bank for the next catastrophe or you know to pay administrate more administrative costs you know, there yeah, were also you know, yeah. a lot of Christian charities that showed up after the earthquake in Haiti. And a lot of the money that they were getting was just going to, like, try to convert those people to Christianity. And it's like, did you want to want to help them at all? Or, you know, is now the time to preach the word of God? You know, sir, has anyone yeah. talked to you about Jesus? Like, dude, <laughs> I want some water and right. know, like a sandwich. Maybe a blanket. I don't know. Again, I think that's just as bad as stealing from somebody, forcing them to believe in your God so that you'll give them aid is just as nasty as just denying it in the first place. Joe, I was watching TV one day and I fell asleep and I woke up and it was some religious channel was on and it was like a televangelist. And he said, we need you to donate. It was, a ridiculous amount of money. It was like $1,100. God wants you to donate it. And they had like a ticker at the bottom and it was like 56 people, 57, 58. I'm like, how is it one person doing this? There was so, <laughs> many, so many people brainwashed. I, I was, I, I couldn't turn the channel. I'm like, all these people are like falling for this crap. It's amazing. The things that you could say, if you are a reverend of some sort and, and how, you know, Again, the idea that you're speaking on behalf of God or Jesus, like that means a lot to some people to the point where they would hand over anything. It's no different than if you were scamming an old person uh, out of getting their roof redone, which is another big scam that's going on in Connecticut where they go to older people. They go up on your roof. They either rip the shingles off. And they're like, hey, man, look, your shingles are all busted up. Or they'll come down and show you pictures of a, of a house with a bad roof. You give them 15000 of the 30000 for the new roof, and then you never see them again. Wow. Yeah, these, these scams are terrible. I have another good one, Jay. Do you have, um, do you have a scam or anything you want to talk about? No, I just wanted I American Red Cross, and I didn't yeah. know that you know the blood is discarded if not used after forty two days. Really? So that's why they keep requesting for donations because they can't use it after forty two day- days. So say someone is in need, but it was like a month ago, they would take like something brand new that happened and use the money. I, yeah, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, crazy. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> so, so we got this guy, his name, he's from Massachusetts. His name is Justin Bombardier. This was on TV Daily News. He likes to write about like scams. And Joe, another one is people selling food stamps on Facebook Marketplace in the public where everyone can see it for like 50 cents in a dollar. Oh like, God. what are you doing? It's a scam. It's like, a lot of people sell food stamps. I, I know, but do it on the down low. Don't do it where like... <laughs> They would post on like the Weathersfield, Connecticut town. Yeah, that's a little blatant. Like, hey, hey, come find me. This is right where I live. I'll meet you at the stop and shop with the cards. Well, in Hawaii, this lady was selling Vax cards on the radio. She was on the radio (laughs) and she called she called in and she was selling it for two hundred dollars. 
I mean, people just don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, really. don't, they don't get it. So Jedi, this guy in Massachusetts died last year. So one of his friends said, I'm going to set up a GoFundMe. Joe, you can, if you want, you can pull down the, um, the graphic. I'm just kind of looking on my phone. So this guy started a GoFundMe for his friend Jedi. They wanted to raise $3,500 for his funeral. So the family got some money from their friends. They raised $3,500. And on the GoFundMe, this kid raised an additional $3,500. Okay? So that would be like me raising money for someone in your family. I get $3,500. Where do you think the money should go? To your family, right? Right. So the brother-in-law said, thank you so much for doing this GoFundMe. Uh, this is going to help so much because we didn't want to have to put in our own money. And the kid said, all right, well, let me know how much you need of it. He raised $3,500. you are not getting all of it because I need some of the money. I want to get myself a Budweiser tattoo. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> a tattoo. And he said, you already have $3,200. Why do you need the $3,500? Um, and also his work's going to put in five grand. So the brother-in-law said the donations need to go to Chris's funeral period. That's what the money was raised for. The 3,200 is on hold until we can use it anyways. I'm not having our family and loved ones donate money that we don't use towards Chris's expenses. His death is not a profit experience. I'm not keeping any money. So they're yelling back and forth. The kid said, it's not my responsibility to send all the money. I'll just send you the amount that you need. He was just going to keep the money. Wow. The, the brother-in-law said, are you serious? That's fraud, and I'll report this fundraiser. You're not going to keep money that was raised for Chris under false pretenses. They go on and on, and the kid said, I raise money so I can contribute, so I don't have any money to. I'm not paying for his service. That's not my responsibility. Like, oh my this God. is like oh, a real wow. thing. And no um, they're, going back and, yeah, they're going back and forth, and the kid said, you're his family, and you're lucky I even got any money. I should have never even did it. I started to raise like three or four hundred. It's not my fault it blew up. So <laughs> this kid, uh, uh, this kid did oh the GoFundMe, but he only wanted to give them like the money to cover it. Tell me how much you need, and I'll give you that much. You're just gonna keep the rest. Unfortunately, GoFundMe is is terrible for stuff like this. Um, and some too many people use GoFundMe for their funeral expenses. I'm sorry. It, it is weird. It <laughs> yeah. is weird. I mean, that didn't happen 10 years ago. If someone died in your family, you, you just found a way to do it. Now, it, it is a little bizarre asking for money to There used to be a, a shame about asking for money. People used to feel embarrassed about asking for money. Not anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, I have a good one, but I'm going to let you go next first about feeling <laughs> a little shame. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. GoFundMe is terrible. I mean, I can see if someone needs it, like, I don't know, uh, someone got like their like if your house burns down or something i don't know something that was not in your control and i don't know a family member or friend feels bad and you want to raise money to get people back on their feet but some people just do it because they can't pay their bills yeah it's, it's i've seen crazy. those yeah i mean this this one this one i got it happened by you todd uh bostonian of the year in 2020 um the Monica Cannon Grant and Clark Grant conspired to use their charity, Black Lives Matter activists. Did I? Did I? Did you know this was a story I was getting Turtle Boy on today to talk about? No, no, yeah. no. I so mean, Monica I, Cannon Grant is a big thing right now around here. I can't believe it. I just, I just, I'm floored at the audacity of some people. They're using charities to buy real estate. You know, I mean, using people's tragedies for their own gain. I mean, don't you feel bad for these families? I mean, Michael Brown's father, I mean, he's suing the activists. He's suing Black Lives Matter because they collected 90, over $90 million. Yeah. Monica Cannon wow. Grant was paying, yeah. Monica Cannon Grant was paying herself $178,000 a year. Yeah. I mean... And and not only that, they were falsifying documents for a mortgage. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. They're facing up to what twenty years in prison for what they did. Yeah, and she's already come out blaming other people. She would never take accountability for this. So, what do you have her doing exactly? So, I know she was paying herself all this money, and they were, I think, going on trips and paying for stuff around the house. 
Okay, there there are Black Lives Matter, um, I guess, faction was supposed to purchase meals for the needy children. That was their focus. And, you know, they took that money and decided to apply for a mortgage for 450000 in July 2021. They illegally obtained COVID-19 unemployment assistance. <laughs> I mean, under the guise of providing diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting services. I mean, they defrauded donors. Um, they didn't, you know, feed the need, give the, the grants to the needy children. I mean, they cashed $10,000 grant for the char uh, charity earmark for meals. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I, I just, I, I feel sorry for the people who believed in this organization. I really do, because I know in their hearts, they wanted to, you know, create a change and believe in something and, and help the cause. But I mean, they're crooks. Yeah. And Monica Cannon Grant was recognized by, I think, the Celtics, and they donated a bunch of money. Phantom Gourmet, which is a big thing around here, they donated like $10,000. And the thing with her, if you call out any one of her things, if you say, oh, we just saw that this 10,000, you're a racist. You're not allowed to call her on something that's true. Right. I mean, Michael Brown Jr., he was killed by police officers. You know, that, that's why, you know, and then they jumped on it and, and used it for their own gain. I mean, I, I agree. Some of that money should go to the families that they, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to support or faking like that they supported them. I mean, they, they need help for legal fees or, or, you know. I still think it comes funding. down to the, yeah, the average person, if someone gives you like millions of dollars, like it's probably overwhelming and you're like, oh, I need this money or something. Or you're trying to find something else to do with it. I don't know. That's pretty shitty though. Definitely look up the Monica Cannon Grant story. What's that expression about, uh, character is what you do when no one's looking yeah you know it's super easy to be like oh i would totally do the right thing right and then you've got like eighty-five thousand dollars you weren't expecting you're like hmm i should pay for chris's funeral but budweiser tattoo <laughs> yeah well that, that's what, what i always jerk. laugh at i know <laughs> when you say it's like what you do when you say what you do when no one's looking that's what drives me crazy like every time jj watt does something it has to be like twitter instagram facebook like i donated this it's like do you really have to tell the whole world that you're doing something nice i mean you're a freaking bazillionaire i mean i'd be like that too Right, you know, and Michael, Michael Brown Sr. and the International Black Freedom Alliance co-founder, Tori Russell, they want the $20 million to, to you know, create more programs and to, to help the community. So, I mean, it's not like they're taking it for themselves. They're just redistributing it to the community like it, it should have rightly been done. So, yeah. but, it you know. Yeah, so that's um, it's funny because Joe, we were just talking about the whole Michael Brown thing when we went to lunch that day. Yeah, uh, Jedi, you know, it's funny because I I support Black Lives Matter and I get it, but some of those cases, and Michael Brown is the worst of them because the um, uh, the hands up, don't shoot hands up came from that, and the final report on how that thing laid out, like Michael Brown did everything that you can possibly do to get shot and killed by a cop. Like he was the provocateur. He also never did put his hands up and surrender. That was not true. And officer Wilson had every right to blow his brains out. And there's so many other better of these incidents where like Eric Garner, that's what Todd and I were talking about. And I just, the Michael Brown ones never sat well with me. Mm -hmm. LeBron James got t-shirts made up based off of that case and it was like oh dude again we want to get behind that and prevent that stuff but michael brown michael brown it was a criminal who got murdered by a cop while in the midst of committing and then attacking a cop that's what happens to you when you do that and he was the one that was like stealing the cigars and pushing the clerk around right yeah, like <laughs> strong arm robbery dude and then yeah, yeah. When when Officer Wilson saw him, he went to get out of his car, 
And Michael Brown saw Wilson opening the door and he ran over and he shut the door on the cop. Yeah. And then when Wilson went to grab his gun, Michael Brown started fighting with him. The gun went off in the car. Dude, you're going to get killed today. You got to know this. Yeah. None of these things are cool. I don't care, Todd, how liberal you are. You can't you can't do that to a cop. You can't fight him for his gun. Then you run away, stop, and then bull rush him and then get shot and killed. That's textbook for how to get murdered legally by a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like, Joe, I do like how you look at every one of these cases individually. I mean, I like to do that, too. You can't be across the board. The cops are always right. It's like, well, no, I mean, this case, he did this. He was wrong. This case, he was right. I, I don't. I don't value anyone's opinion that just is like straight across the board one way or the other on every case. You can't do that. Yeah. I hate that. You know, I mean, there's always circumstances and you're going to look at the circumstances, right? I mean, sometimes people have a good stand your ground case in those States where that's a law. And other times you're like, Oh dude, I think that guy was just baiting to shoot the black dude, you know? So you really do. You have to look at all the facts and you have to figure out, again, kind of what the intent was. I mean, it, it, it really does matter. Eric Garner was terrible. Philando Castile was terrible. Jacob Blake? Ah, I don't know. He got a knife and warrants for rape. You're going to get shot. You know? Uh, but yeah. again, these cases, case-by-case case basis, some of them you're like, that was terrible. Some of them you're like, oof. Go, go coppers. <laughs> you got to be fair about it, Todd, at the end of the yeah. day, because uh, listen, you, uh, I have a lot of respect for police. I support the police very much. I think the cops shouldn't kill. If you get stopped for a taillight, Todd, shouldn't yeah. die. I don't care right, what color right. you are. The right. argument that cops kill more white people than blacks. I'm always like, they shouldn't be killing anybody. I don't know that them killing more people is a good way to explain that off. The cops are not the judge, jury, and executioner. Your job is to bring, put me under arrest, and then I'll go to court and I'll I'll figure that out. So less yeah, right, killing. Exactly. I think all Americans should say the cops kill less people, especially innocent ones. So, yeah, anyone listening, definitely look up the uh, Monica Canton, Cannon Grant thing because that's kind of new. I think they just got indicted uh, about a week ago. And I knew about this case six months ago, Jedi. I mean, it, it was coming. Uh, I've seen all sorts of blogs on her. People knew what she was doing. I'm glad the police finally got involved. That's yeah, fine. I'm, How did you I'm find glad, that? I'm glad yeah. people knew what she was doing, too, because so many people, they, they want to be kept in the dark. You know, like you said, you have to do your own research. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I do love that uh, Mr. Beast. Do you guys still not know who Mr. Beast is? No, I'd, I, I've heard of him, and I think I saw a little video of him going around giving money to people. That's the guy, right, you are talking about? Oh, yeah, he'll, Jedi, he'll have a thing. He'll have a million dollars in a pile, and he'll put 10 kids. The, la the last person to take your hand off wins a million dollars. He's like a friggin' – he made $54 million last year with his YouTube videos. But how much did he give away? <laughs> yeah. The other question. I, I assume well, he's he has, turning a profit. <laughs> yeah, he has sponsors and stuff. Um, yeah, so that's pretty interesting, Jay. That's hilarious. That that's a story you came up with because I was actually going to do that. And Je Jedi and myself, Joe, were talking before the episode how we do the show kind of strangely where we don't know what the other person's going to say. So going in, I said, I hope we don't have any of the same stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one I love because this is actually someone I know. Uh, Julie Bess Hymans that lives in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, I got to hear my phone, Joe, but if you can pull up the thing if you want, uh, the little video I sent you. Jedi, we were talking about how people do GoFundMes to pay right. bills and stuff. I mean, this is like where you, if you had to ask for money, I've had to ask for money in my life, and it's just like the worst thing ever. Imagine going on social media and asking random strangers for money to pay bills. Yeah, they're not embarrassed yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. When I, by the way, Joe, you don't need to pull up the graphic. I get it right here. Jedi, this girl and I were friends on Facebook. Uh, I met her a couple times in person, and I remember people like, stay away from her. She's trouble. She's not allowed in like any bar in Connecticut. She's just like a troublemaker and stuff. Uh, so she would post on Facebook constantly asking money to pay bills. This is a, this is a 45 year old woman. 
So I'm going to read you some of her posts. Uh, this is one of her posts on Facebook. Remember, this is this girl's 45 years old, completely mm -hmm. capable of working. For the curious and concerned, I'm no longer in New London, but my cat and all of my clothes and furnishings are there. I'm still without access to my apartment. The room in New Haven didn't pan out. I'm leaving today. I'll be staying with a friend in Stanford. If you'd like to send me a few bucks, here's my PayPal. So she puts her PayPal link, Venmo Cash App, okay? This is wow. one occurrence. Now, this next thing. Hey, everybody. I have an overdue utility bill to the tune of $165. I could use some help with it. I haven't gotten a paycheck for my temp gig yet. Thanks. So she posts all her cash app and all that stuff. I mean, next thing. It's a GoFundMe. Click here to support Julie with a new fresh start. That's it. Like, she just wants people to give her money for no Are reason. Are you serious? For yeah. just moving somewhere? Well, yeah, Jenny, a new fresh on. start. Yeah, this goes <laughs> on and on. Hey, everybody. I've been temporarily displaced from my apartment since Saturday night and was let go from my job yesterday. If you're able to show me some love, here are my links. So she posts all that stuff, right? I mean, this goes on and on forever. I mean, I get like 10 of them. Every time she would post, me and some friends would Facebook message like, she has another one up. Can you believe this? Is anyone really donating to this person? The next one. I need some folks to throw a few bucks my way so I can get to and from work next week. I don't get paid until the 8th. Thank you. Right? And then below oh she gosh. says how much the commute is. six twenty-five each way, $9 on weekends, costs $108 a week, whatever. Next one. Hey, everyone. I'm starting a new temp gig on Monday and could use some help with bus funds. It's $50 for 31-day unlimited ride pass. Link's below. How come nobody's auditing her? How come the IRS isn't banging down on her door trying to figure out yeah. how is she paying all of her bills? Right. Now, now Jedi, you, you would die before you did this, right? Right. That's <laughs> embarrassing. So next one is her Amazon wish list. Just in case anyone wants to send me a gift for my birthday, and it's her Amazon wish list. Next thing, she has a Twitter account called CT Girl About Town. It's a Twitter account. She runs a Twitter account. If you enjoy CT Girl Boat Town, won't you please consider making a donation? Funds will go towards operating costs. That's just asking for money because you have a Twitter account. Oh my gosh. So we have a few more things. She had uh, a raise the rent GoFundMe where she raised four grand. What? Just said, like, I'm, I'm getting a new place. I need help. Next thing, her cat dies. She's having a GoFundMe for the cat's cremation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> click no. click here to support Jack Cat Memorial Fund. I mean this she has a GoFundMe list. Yeah. Couple more. Hey, I need a transportation fund. I need transportation funds to and from work. Same type thing. Cost $104 a month. Next thing. I have a utility bill. $221. My cell phone's being disconnected next week. Can you please donate money? Next thing, she has $250 storage and $166, $166 insurance bill. She's asking people to donate. <laughs> so she is just living off people 110%. Yeah, and she did send me a message once because uh, I, I called her out on something. She said, thank God for, like, my angel investor. So she had some girl, I think, giving her money every single time she did one of these. She had another one, a $207 bill to AT&T Wireless. Um, and what happens is it must have got to the point where people weren't responding to her and no one was donating. She put in the comments, hello, does anyone see my fucking posts? Can't anyone <laughs> respond to my messages? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jedi, I'm gonna send, Jedi, I'm going to send you this after. And this is the best one. She posted, one last time before I go, my mailing address and the other info is below. See you in January. Enjoy the holidays. If you'd like to send me something, my address is Julie Best Hyman's. FCI Danbury, Federal Correctional Institution. She went to jail, and she wanted people to donate money to her canteen fund. And what do you think she went to jail for? She stole $313,000 in an unemployment scam. Oh, my gosh. Her and her dad made up fake names and fake businesses, and they collected unemployment, and they got caught. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, it's that this that's sickening. That's disgusting. I mean, she had yeah, she had like twenty GoFundmes for every bill. I mean, that's the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it makes me think. You know, all these people selling themselves on OnlyFans—they don't have to be nude. They can, you know, <laughs> look at what she's yeah. doing. That's crazy. 
Yeah, there's a difference between if someone's like hurting and they desperately need money and you know they're a good person and it's a one-time thing rather than like someone like this who it's like, what, you can't go get a job? Right. But a lot of people have their heart strings pulled for, regarding animals. So the fact that, you know, she's asking for her cat, help for her cat, people yeah. just feel bad about animals and want to save animals. Joe, you know she just dug a hole in the yard and kept them. Yes. Yep. Yeah, she was uh, uh she was awful. But uh doing that many, it was so cringeworthy just watching. You'd see the thing come up and it's like you're almost embarrassed for this person, like totally lacks the gene to feel ashamed. That's a sociopath right there, though. Yeah. That's why. You have to be a sociopath. You have no shame at all. Mm. You know, and the idea that I think it's can can we all agree she's lying about a lot of this? Right. Yeah. Right. Again, There's no way, right? <laughs> to again to go public with no shame when you're also lying is as sociopathic as a person could possibly be. Yikes. And yeah. Joe, this is a perfect example because she was also posting stuff. I don't know the screenshots, but um, she was staying in a hotel and it's like, can anyone like pay for me to stay tonight and then tomorrow? What's that saying, Joe? Like if you teach someone to fish, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. You teach uh, someone to fish. Teach a man to fish. No, give a man a fish, eats for a day, teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Yeah. That's what I always thought with her. It's like, it's not helping or giving that money. You know what I mean? Just find a way to get a job. And you'll be good. But a having lot of people in, don't want to work anymore. Having worked in radio, I can tell you there are I could uh, at least five people who make a living off winning stuff on the radio and then selling it. I've seen That's a real like thing that on TV. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, but how do you get through all the time like that? They've got their ways. They've they know what they're doing. They got it coordinated. There's usually a few. I was talking to this. I mean, because this woman used to win all the time. They they call her a prize pig, which I thought was rude because she was actually attractive. Her and her unattractive friend used to sit by the pool all day. And like, dude, they knew exactly what time to flip. They'd make their calls. They won a lot. They also signed up online all the time and under different names, fake names. And yeah, that's they just they win and then they take it and they sell it off and make a lot of money on it. Yeah, I mean, you got to give them credit. You know what I mean? They're putting in the work. Oh, I hook them up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, do it. Get your get your money, girl. You got, dude. Just like when you did the thing with the with the recruiting. Yeah, and and make. I mean, when people do stuff like that, I mean, I, I told you how impressed I was. You put the work in. If you're going to put yeah, the work right. in, you should reap the benefit. You deserve I like it. That. You know, um, you weren't, you were not violating the spirit of mm -hmm. anything. You just took it to a ridiculous level and tested their, you know, their integrity of whether or not they would do what they said they would do. You didn't do anything shady. And I think that's what makes what you did. You know what I mean? It's like, you okay, look at that as an right? ambitious thing and not yeah. as like a that dirty... Anybody could have done it there. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, you exactly. know, Todd wasn't deceiving right. anyone. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Thing. He put the right. work in, he went yeah. in, and he did what he was supposed to do. He just did it at a mass scale that nobody ever expected. That's smart. There's a difference between being sneaky and scammy and just being a smart person. Yeah. Well, I did say I did say in all my ads that it was a fun job. I mean, it might have. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> That's total fraud. <laughs> no, so many people that did it were like, this is the best job I've ever had because they're just in their car all day, listen to the radio. You know what I mean? Especially Good nowadays, job. dude, where not even the radio, because, you know, they're all listening to podcasts. Yeah, you know. You know, know, like how cool that is. Here's the thing. If you like driving and you like being in a vehicle, mm. that's got to be the perfect. I mean, that's got to be perfect. Yeah, right. No one, all, no one overseeing you or anything. You right. Just take your time. Few people got fired. A few of the helpers, uh, none of my people, but stealing packages, throwing packages in the woods, and not delivering them. It's freaking crazy to get good help nowadays. We Dude, didn't you mention that guy who got fired after all those years for a cell phone? 
an oh, yeah. iPhone. Yeah. He had an iPhone. He brought it home, gave it yeah. to his daughter, <laughs> said it, said he never had the package. She turned it on. The police showed up, lost his pension, lost everything. And he was a UPS driver. And now he's a, he went to FedEx. It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. What are you thinking? Seriously, a thousand dollar phone. Right. Jedi, do you have another one? Yeah, I do. I mean, you're talking about regular people. I'm going to talk about the celebrity charity scandals, you know, from celebrities, you know? Yeah. I mean, they put they put their name out for a good cause, and it, it just floors me that, you know, I, I don't know. They, there's no checks and balances. They don't check on people if they're doing their job or seeing if they're, there's somebody there who knows what they're doing and, you know, is keeping tabs on everything. But I, I guess not. I mean, Lamar Odom and Khloe Kardashian, they had a charity called Kathy's Kids. Oh, no. And... <laughs> You, you, know, you took my story. We were just talking. Oh, about I did. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to talk about a different no, celebrity? You, you, no, no. You you do it, and then anything you miss, I'll throw in from my notes. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, that'll make it even better. You know. <laughs> this charity was to fund cancer research. You know, uh, inspired by Lamar's late mother who died of stomach cancer. But then, you know, none of the money went to cancer-related causes. I mean, zero. I don't get it. Zero. Absolutely zero. They raised... Did Lamar's mom even have cancer? She died of stomach I, cancer. I'm just joking. Yeah. I know. Maybe she sure. did. I, I, yeah. I think he killed his mom. Oh. <laughs> he gave his mom cancer so he could do a fundraiser. I wouldn't put it past people. I'm telling you, I don't trust anybody anymore. It's so hard. Yeah, I mean, they they raised two point two million dollars, but one point three million dollars was used to finance two elite youth basketball travel teams. Right. So not not cancer at all. You yeah, know, exactly. I, I mean, it's all about basketball. And, and Jedi, the thing about this, do you know how much Lamar Odom made in his career playing basketball? No, I don't. A hundred and fifty-seven million, and, and he has to steal a million or two. Oh my goodness! Scumbag. Yeah, I know. Oh my I know. Goodness. Well, he's he's a loose cannon, anyways. He's he's a nut job. Yeah. He yeah. Is. Hopefully, he has, he's getting it, it together now. So Jedi, when ESPN sat him down, they talked about that. Did you see what he said to them? No, I didn't. He just like blew it off and said, "It's my money." <gasps> Really? <laughs> yeah, literally, Joe, what was that from Animal House 0. 0.0? Yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Cancer charity. Um, yeah, like you said. Oh, yeah, and Jedi, he paid one person out of the charity. You see that? 72000 to his the best man in his wedding. 72000 a year for like eight years. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, all of these celebrity charities, it's all fake, you know? I mean, Joe, can you play that clip? This is my first time at Davos, and uh, and I find it quite a bewildering experience, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, 1,500 private jets have flown in here to hear Sir David Attenborough speak about, you know, how we're wrecking the planet. And, uh, I mean, I hear people talk in the language of participation and justice and equality and transparency. But then, I mean, almost no one raises the real issue of tax avoidance, right? And of the rich just not paying their fair share. I mean, it feels like I'm at a firefighters fighters conference and no one's allowed to speak about water, right? <laughs> there, was, there was only one panel, actually. Thank well, we've had two. You're the second well, of well, our panels. There, there so was only one panel. Let's go there. One. One panel hidden away in the media center that was actually about tax avoidance. Yeah. I, was about, I was one of the 15 participants. So <laughs> something needs to change here. I mean, ten, 10 years ago, the World Economic Forum asked the question, what must industry do to prevent a broad social backlash? The answer is very simple. Just stop talking about philanthropy and start talking about taxes, taxes, taxes. Yeah, and see, this guy, he is calling people out regarding, you know, their charities and tax avoidance. I mean, he is just right on the money. Nobody says anything to him. So, I mean, I'm glad that somebody said something. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's hard to know who to trust. There's going to be someone really trustworthy you want to give your money to. I mean, I would do any type of research before I donated anywhere. Yeah, and Joe was talking about, you know, Lance Armstrong. Let's talk about his Live Strong Foundation charity. You know, forget I mean, about that part of it. Yeah. yeah, the whole charity part. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He raised about $103 million under the of Livestrong charity. And only $5 million was donated to cancer research. $5 million out of 103. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. I hate that guy so much. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> the thing is, like, there's, there's no one to look over all this stuff. That's the problem. There's so many crooked people, but I mean, no one has the time to research every charity. You know what, though? Seriously, it's the same problem as we have in government where, you know, you have yes. like 40, you know, I, I support a, a safety net program, like a welfare department. There's like 36 departments that all have some kind of it's like, dude, just one, just have one of them. The more charities and the more it gets confusing and the, it just sets you up where someone's going to take advantage and it happens every time yeah that's outrageous I mean, though jedi jedi five out of 103 million yes and now you know the live strong they don't really focus directly on cancer now what they offer is free advice counseling referrals and other services to get help you get over cancer so i mean it's just crazy now Lance Armstrong, apparently he has two podcasts going on. You know, that's what he's doing now. He's doing podcasts like us. So, And, and another thing, Joe, like how much money do you need? We know Lance Armstrong is a multimillionaire. You know what I mean? And then you also have to dip from this. Right. Yeah. Again, you just mentioned it with uh, with uh, Lamar Odom. I mean, how much money's enough? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, something makes me think that Lamar Odom isn't living frugally. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these people, like I I see like uh, some of these NBA players were saying they laugh when rookies come into the, for their first day and they see they have like four cars. They're like, you can't do that stuff. You know what I mean? You're going to go broke very fast. Yeah. I mean, but. I don't know. I no hardly anyone knows how to manage their money. Athletes, yeah. especially right, especially uh, when you're young and get what ten million dollars. What's a twenty-one year old gonna do? They're gonna go to the strip club and the car dealership, right? <laughs> and the other thing that bothers me about charities is 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 the main one. You know, I, I respect people's beliefs. You know, I'm a Christian myself, but the thing that doesn't set right with me is the secrecy behind the Vatican. Yeah, they have yeah. their own money. The They're Catholic their World own... Bank. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Iron Bank in Game of Thrones. Yes. Well, can you explain this? I don't know what you guys are talking about. Well, the, the all the money that the Vatican collects is is governed by the Holy See. The Vatican is a sovereign st- city that has its own economy. And so it it acts like its own country. It's the world's smallest country. And what they rely on is donations, private enterprises, and investments. See, I didn't know that. I did not know that the Vatican has stocks and bonds. Oh, yeah. They're, <laughs> and, sure they, you know, I'm sure they've got Bitcoin and NFTs. Right. Yeah. I, I oh, thought yeah. it was, you know, a not-for-profit. When you think not-for-profit, you don't think profit. <laughs> yeah. You it's know? not for profit, but it makes profit. Right. That's what it really means. Right. So it's, it's just like learning about all this stuff and then finding out what you thought isn't the full picture and learning about the full picture. You know, I, I, I'm wondering why, you know, if they have all this money, why don't they feed the poor? <laughs> Where, I mean, why don't they Vatican, fix their churches? Vatican Bank is worth $5.6 billion. And yet, Todd, this yeah. weekend, they need a little more. Yeah, Jedi, they want us to feed the poor. Dig deep into yeah. your pocket. Yeah. Well, you know why? You know why? Why? They need that money to spread the word. You have to, you're the one that's going to feed the poor. That's going to be you because your reward for some reason is always in the next life. 
Your reward is in heaven. Meanwhile, the Vatican's got the five point six billion now yeah. on the earth where we're living. Yeah, you know? they got the five point six billion, Joe, and I'm I'm asking for my uh, my utility bill to be paid on, <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> so, where do you guys think like religion and churches stand like on as far as like scammy? Do you think they're like for the most part good, or do you think they're terrible, or? I would like to believe that they're doing good. I see people who volunteer and their their heart is in it. They believe in God and I respect that. I I think it's a good thing, but I I just was devastated in finding out the other side of it. Yeah, I went to church a few times. I was younger with my friend and his parents. They were very religious. And you know how they put the basket? They bring the basket around. And right. every week they, they would put an envelope in. And I was like, what the hell is in the envelope? And a lot of people donate, what? what is it, Joe? 10% of their income to the yep, church? Yeah, 10%, 10%. That's literally insane. It's crazy. And, yeah, uh, oh my, that's nice, but that's too much. Was, someone was telling me recently that, uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah, I know uh, the guy I know. His parents are like in their 80s, and he found out in the will that he, they were leaving all the money to the church. And he's like, no, you're not. You're kidding me. You're not going to leave the money to your kids. But some people are like that. They want to give the money to the church. And the church will gladly accept that, and they'll work through the friction with the family member for you. That's how <laughs> nice they are. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Shaquille O'Neal has a great story. Right before you get drafted, uh, you get a million dollars for an endorsement deal. And I spend it in one day. How'd you do it? Well, you know, when you're young, you don't have a lot of business savvy. There's two words you forget about, FICA and sales tax. So I thought I was getting $1 million straight up, but you forget about those things. So really I got about maybe like 600000 So. I go and I go buy a hundred fifty thousand dollar car. No negotiations. I don't know nothing about negotiations. Guy could have told me two hundred thousand. I would have bought it. So I go and I get a black Mercedes because that's what so I always wanted. Black Mercedes and some nice wheels. Guy was like one fifty. Write the check. And I come home. My father's like, "That's nice. Where's mine?" I was like, "You know what? You made me who I am. Jump in." So we ride. Told the guy, "I want another one. Same one I got." So they go three hundred thousand right there. So we get home, and my mom was like, oh, that's nice. I don't want one that big. I want a little one. Because I know I got more money coming in. So I'm just like, oh, just want to take care of this stuff now. So I go get my mom one. There's 500000 right there. So now I got to get suits for the draft. I got to get jewelry. I got to get earrings. You know, I got to buy I got to buy the Alpine pull-out deck. So when I go to the club, I got it with me. I got to get the alarm that calls the beeper and the phone. So... A couple of days later, I got a call from the bank, who who was a family friend, the manager of the bank, and he called me and he said, uh, you know how to read bank statements? I was like, yeah, I, I learned in the school. So as I was reading it, I was 80,000 in the hole, and I was looking, and I was real embarrassed, and he was like, I know you got more money coming in, I'm, I'm gonna just put this to the side for you. Then he touched my hand and he said, son, I watch you play here at high school, you're bright, you're, you're a smart young man, I don't want you to be like all these other athletes. So, yeah, I think that, um. That's all I got. That's funny, Jay, that we both had the Lamar Odom thing. I know. Uh, I remember that differently. I thought it was like twenty million. So I was kind of surprised myself when I saw it was two point two million. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. I mean, there's a lot of people that that means a lot of people believe in these charities. All these charities that were fake, all these people donated to them. Think about all those stupid goddamn wristbands people wore for years. Yeah. Right. That was the worst part of it, I thought. <laughs> right. And, you know, yeah. they they basically also hijacked Susan Coleman, the, the NFL, right? All the football players were wearing pink at one time. Bill Burr made a famous joke about that. It's like, <laughs> I just want to watch football. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Joe, do you remember what college Lamar Odom went to? Rhode Island, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right on. Yeah. It's always weird when a star comes out of like a small, smaller school around us. Yes, and then when 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 the whole thing collapses and we're we're confused by that, dude. Like Vin Baker uh, was from Connecticut. Yeah, I know that story when he was a barista. Oh, do you, do you yeah. remember that? 
Dude, yeah. I mean, he's got that guy's got a terrible drinking problem. Like, yeah, really bad. It's super sad. Jedi, this guy Vin Baker went to the school was University of Hartford, which isn't a basketball school at all. He played in the NBA. He had a really, really bad drinking p- problem. He blew everything, and then he was the barista at Starbucks. Do you know that story, Joe? Mm-hmm. He literally went from making millions and millions of dollars to working in a Starbucks, and I believe he ended up getting a job with the Bucks. I think he's like on the coaching staff or something there now. Yeah, he definitely he had to turn his life around, man. I mean, alcohol addiction is like no joke. Well, I, the thing I remember with Vin Baker, I remember Vin Baker and Sean Kemp, they got huge during the strike. A lot of those players got really, really fat, and he was one of them. <laughs> he got super fat. <laughs> so um, that's all I got. Do you got anything else, Jedi? No, no, that's yeah, it. So, I mean, yeah, check us out on Facebook. Contact Joe if you want to start a podcast, Clovercrest Media. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, Jedi. Uh, we have a surprise for you tomorrow. The uh, the Morks will see that next week. Oh, Morks, the end is here. What's your take on all this fakery going on in this world? Um, don't forget to give. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>